And good Sunday morning. Welcome to the latest edition of Sharing the Victory, a program sponsored by the West Virginia University chapter of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. WVU FCA campus director Kirby Myers is with us in the studio and Welcome back. Good morning. Good morning. It's been a couple weeks. It's good to be back. <laughs> well, what you know, it's wintertime, it's weather. It's uh, How are things going on campus? Uh, it's been disrupted by weather and by pandemic, uh, social distancing, masking requirements. How, how are things going with the athletes on campus? It's good. We've been able to meet two weeks in a row and not have any snow, so that's been good. Uh, had a lot of. We've got a lot of new football players here that really? came in January, so... Some of them have been visiting FCA, and glad to meet them and get to know them a little bit. And your kicker is a great recruiter for yeah. FCA. Yeah, I think so. Casey. Yeah, he's doing great work. That's good. So for those of you who don't know, Casey Legg's been on the show and is a tremendous Christian. And not only that, he's a leader mm. as a college athlete and a college student. He's among the leaders in his local church. Yeah, for sure. Very That's thankful great. for him. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're uh, we're headed for Sunday school. Yes, and uh, Kyle, you don't have to answer this out loud, but a question for you and for all of our listeners this morning would be this. What percent chance do you think you have of going to heaven? That's the question we want to answer today and talk about how to have assurance of eternal life. So we've been studying the Gospel of John on Sunday mornings, and today I'm going to teach from 1 John, written by the Apostle John, so the same author This book is written to believers, and this epistle is written so that you might have the assurance of eternal life. And so that is my goal this morning, to preach and teach to those of you who have believed in Christ to give you assurance from the Word of God that you have eternal life. So a very simple outline and a very practical message. So if you have a Bible, 1 John 5, 11 to 13 is my text for today. And this is how it reads. And the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. Well, I'm from Indiana, and so Hoosiers is my favorite movie of all time. Coach Norman Dale, played by Gene Hackman, is coach of the Hickory Huskers, a small rural high school in Indiana, and he gets his team to the Indiana High School State Championship game. They go up against the South Bend Central Bears, who are much taller, much more athletic. But late in the second half, Hickory comes back to tie the game behind their star player, Jimmy Chitwood. Uh, the Huskers form, uh, force a turnover and have the ball with a chance to win the game. Well, Norman Dale calls a timeout. He's a veteran coach, and he draws up a play to win the game, and he decides to use Jimmy Chitwood, the star of the team, as a decoy and tells Merle, another player, that he will take the final shot. Well, the players are disgusted, and they hang their heads, and Coach Dale asks them vehemently, what's the matter with you guys? And Jimmy Chitwood, who says very little in the movie, says to his coach, I'll make it. This man had absolute confidence, full assurance that he would make the final shot. And so Normandale turns it over to his star, and Jimmy gets the ball at the top of the key and holds the ball there for about 30 seconds, drives in, takes the shot, nothing but net. 
and Hickory wins the 1952 Indiana High School State Championship, which was based on a true story of Milan, Indiana, when they won the state championship in 1953. Jimmy had great confidence that he would make that final shot, and I would like to have us think about this today. Wouldn't it be great if we could have the same confidence regarding salvation and eternal life? To know for sure that when we die, we are going to heaven. To have absolute confidence and full assurance in that fact. Well, the good news this morning is we can. The Bible tells us so. And so today, I would like to give you five facts about eternal life so that you might know you have eternal life. Number one, eternal life is a gift from the Father. Verse 11 here in 1 John 5, John says, and the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life. And so we see here that eternal life comes from God. It is a gift. It cannot be earned. It cannot be worked for. It cannot be merited. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. And so if you are trying to earn eternal life by living a life of good works, trying to do enough good to please a holy and righteous God, my encouragement to you today would be to stop, because it cannot be done. Isaiah 64, 6 says that all of our good deeds are like filthy rags to the Lord. And so no amount of good works that you could ever do will please God. He is perfect and he demands perfection. Every other world religion outside of Christianity can be represented by a two-letter word, the word do, what you do to earn God's favor what you do to gain eternal life, what you do to please God or the gods. But Christianity is represented by a four-letter word, don't be afraid, it's the word done, D-O-N-E. It's about what God has done for you through the person of Jesus Christ. God sent his one and only Son, who has always existed, the eternal word, as we've learned about in John 1, to leave the glory of heaven and to be born of a virgin, to put on flesh and grow up on this earth, to be tempted in every way that we are, yet to live his life without sin. And he would go to the cross and die for everyone who would ever put their trust in him, that they might be forgiven of their sin and have everlasting life. Salvation is of the Lord. It is a gift from the Father. John says that this is the testimony. This is God's testimony and he has given us eternal life. And so eternal life comes from God and not from man. So that's the first point we want to examine. Eternal life is a gift from the Father. Number two, eternal life is found in the Son. Verse 11, the second part of the verse says, and this life is in his Son. Very, very simple. Eternal life is found in the person of Jesus Christ, who lived a perfect life, who died an atoning death in the place of sinners, who rose from the dead on the third day, and ascended back to the Father in heaven, where he is presently seated at the right hand of God, preparing a place for us and for all who are trusting in Christ alone. And this was why John, the son of Zebedee and the brother of James, 
the beloved disciple or the disciple that Jesus loved wrote his gospel. In John chapter 20, verse 31, we read, But these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Eternal life is found in Jesus Christ, who we see in the Gospel of John is the bread of life. He's the good shepherd. He is the door to the sheep. He is the resurrection and the life. He is the vine. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So eternal life is a gift from the Father. Secondly, eternal life is found in the Son. Thirdly, eternal life is impossible apart from the Son. Eternal life is impossible apart from the Son. Verse 12, he who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. Well, I'm a very simple person. I'm from Indiana, the Midwest, one of the flyover states, and I'm giving you a very simple and practical outline. And to me, in my study of Scripture, this is the most simple verse in the Bible. If you have the Son, you have life. If you don't have the Son, you don't have life. And again, this is referring to everlasting life, eternal life. I've been sharing this outline and this message for many years. I've shared it on numerous high school and college campuses, at FCA huddle meetings with church youth groups. And when I have done so, I have asked those in in attendance this question like I did for you earlier this morning. What what percent chance do you believe you have of going to heaven? Now, when I do this, I get some really, really great answers. Uh, It's been very rare, but there's been a few times that someone has written 0%. I mean, this person came to FCA that night uh, for the food or for the girls. They knew they weren't going to heaven, and they were really honest about it and said, I'm not going there. Other kids will put things like 44%. 55 percent, 80 percent. And then there's a group of kids, I like to call them the radio station kids, because they put things, and this is true, they put things like 95.9 or 98.7, 99.5. My favorite of all time, one time someone wrote, uh, it was a young man from Fisher, Illinois, home of the Fisher Bunnies. He wrote 99.99, but he put one of those repeating bars over the nines after the decimal point. I mean, this kid was pretty sure that he was going to heaven, but something was keeping him from being 100% sure that when he died, he would have eternal life. Friend, if you have Jesus, if you have repented or turned from your sin, if you have trusted in Jesus Christ by faith alone, if you are trusting in his finished work on the cross for your salvation, you have eternal life. If you do not have him, If you've been to church all of your life and you even grew up reading the Bible or you went to Awana or to youth group or even a campus ministry like FCA, but you have never entrusted your life to Jesus Christ, the Bible is clear. You do not have life. You do not have eternal life. Jesus said again in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. When I was living in California and attending seminary at the Master Seminary, that is on the campus of Grace Community Church, and there was a school there at that time called Grace Community School. It was 
uh, I believe, kindergarten all the way up through ninth grade. And uh, a friend of mine asked me if I would be willing to coach junior high girls basketball. Well, I really had no interest in that until he told me he would pay me. And I was a, a very poor seminary student. My wife and I were newly married. And I said, where can I sign up? But anyway, uh, I had about 26 girls come to try out, sixth grade through ninth grade, to try out for my team. And I knew that I could not keep 26 junior high girls on a roster. Um, I don't think we had enough uniforms. I think we probably had like 12 uniforms. And so I let them try out for three days. And then, you know, there's no great way of, of making cuts and how you uh, let those girls know that they've not made the team. And so what I decided to do, and I told them this on Friday, I said, I'm going to take the weekend to decide what 12 girls will be a part of this team. And then on Monday morning, you can go on the office and there'll be a list of the 12 girls who've made the team. If you're on the list, you're on the team. If you're not on the list, you're not on the team. And I use that simple illustration to remind you of this. If you have the Son of God, you have life, eternal life, everlasting life. But if you do not have the Son, you do not have life. You do not have eternal life. You do not have everlasting life. The Bible says you are still dead in your sins, and your sins have separated you from God, and that you are on your way to an eternity in hell, separated from the love and mercy and grace of Almighty God. If that's the case for you today, as you listen, trust Him today. Today is the day of salvation. No one is guaranteed tomorrow. So eternal life is a gift from the Father. Eternal life is found in the Son. Eternal life is impossible apart from the Son. Fourthly, we see that eternal life is accessed through faith. Look at verse 13, the first part of the verse. John here says, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. Friend, do you want to have the forgiveness of your sins? Do you want to have peace with a righteous and holy God? Do you want to have everlasting life? Then you have to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 16, we see a, a, a fabulous story there where Paul and Silas are in prison. They are in chains. And while in prison, we read that they are singing and worshiping God. Even in the middle of their trial, they are still worshiping God, much like Job. And we read that the other prisoners are listening to them. And then suddenly there's a great earthquake, and the foundations of the prison house were shaken, and immediately all the prison doors were opened, and everyone's chains were unfashioned. And when the jailer awoke and saw the prison doors were open, and supposing that all the prisoners had escaped, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself. And why would he do this? Well, because he knew that if he just lost one prisoner on his watch, then his life would be demanded of him. And so he thought he would just take care of it himself and kill himself. But Paul, one of those prisoners who had been tortured by this jailer, cried out with a loud voice saying, do not harm yourself for we are all here. Well, this had an, incre an incredible effect on this jailer. He was so moved by this act of compassion that he called for the lights 
and he rushed into the prison cell, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas, and he said to them that such important question, what must I do to be saved? This is the billion-dollar question. You know, when I first started giving this talk and this outline, I used to say um, that it was the million-dollar question, but, you know, inflation. Paul could have said a lot of things when he answered him. He could have said, well, you cannot be saved, for you have sinned too much, and you have gone beyond the grace of God. Or he could have said, well, just make sure you do enough good works to outweigh all the bad that you have done, and you might make it to heaven. Or he could have said, just just join the local church here in Philippi. Make sure you attend when you can. No, that's not what he said. This is what he said. He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Believe. Place faith in Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ alone. The gospel, which means good news, is about believing in the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mentioned these verses to you earlier, but let me quote them again. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. John three sixteen, the most famous words of the Son of God. Will we see a John three sixteen sign um, at the Super Bowl on Sunday night? But the words say this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And then John eleven twenty five, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And then finally, from the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul writes in Romans 10, 9, and 10, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. A couple of those verses I quoted for you are from the book of John, the Gospel of John, which we are learning is also called the gospel of belief, because we see that word believe 98 times in that gospel. But believing here is much more than just intellectual knowledge. It is more than just walking an aisle or praying a prayer or signing a card or getting baptized to please your mom or dad. It is about entrusting your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to these verses from John chapter 2, verses 23 and 24. It says, now when Jesus was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name, observing his signs which he was doing. But Jesus on his part was not entrusting himself to them, for he knew all men. The Greek is very clear here. They were believing in him, but he was not believing in them. It's the same Greek word used both times. And he did not believe or entrust himself to them because he knew all men. They were only believing in him because of the signs that he was doing. They were not trusting in him as the Son of God. They were not giving their lives to him, and so he did not entrust himself to them. So eternal life is a gift from the Father. Eternal life is found in the Son. 
Eternal life is impossible apart from the Son. Eternal life is accessed through faith. Number five, eternal life is a present reality. The last part of verse 13 says, so that you may know that you have eternal life. I believe that God wants you and I to know that we have eternal life. You really can know that you know that you know, and you can know that today. Eternal life begins the moment you place your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and in his finished work on the cross. My dad died and went to be with the Lord about four and a half years ago. And when I was young, really young, he was really on fire for the Lord and, and loved to witness to other people and tell them the good news of the gospel. And I remember being with my dad in our small town in Indiana, and we would go to town to, to get some things, run some errands, and we'd be walking around, and we would pass someone that he knew, and my dad's name was Eddie, and, and uh, they would say to him something like, what do you know, Eddie? And my dad would say, well, I know I'm going to heaven. You talk about a conversation stopper for someone who did not know Christ. Where do you go from there? (laughs) Beautiful day we're having, huh? My dad, though, knew that he was going to heaven because he was trusting in Jesus Christ. Just a few years before he died, he told us about, again, how the Lord had saved him and changed his heart and given him new life. My dad was a humble, simple man. He was not arrogant. He was not prideful to be able to say that, I know I'm going to heaven. He was trusting in Jesus to get him to heaven and not trusting in his own works. He had complete assurance that when he died, that is where he would be. You know, God doesn't want you to be 50% sure or even 98.7% sure. He wants you to be absolutely sure. And we can have absolute assurance because salvation is of the Lord. As Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1.30, it is because of him, it is because of God that you are in Christ Jesus. It is by his doing that you are in Christ Jesus. Salvation is of the Lord. I love that phrase. We first see that in the book of Jonah, and it comes from the lips of the prophet Jonah, And I I like to say that I trust a man who has spent three days and three nights in the belly of a fish. You know, Sally and I, we lived in Los Angeles for three and a half years when I was attending seminary, and we got really spoiled with the weather there. I mean, from March to October, it hardly ever rained. And the only reason that we really would watch the weather was to see how warm it was going to be. And we would also watch to find out when, when is the fog going to burn off for us when we go to the beach. Well, we moved back to Indiana in 2002, and it rained a little more often there, and it snowed some too, and we had to start watching the weather again. And, and you know, we would plan a trip to a state park or an amusement park or to go to a baseball game, and the weatherman would say something like, tomorrow there's a chance of showers, or expect some scattered showers tomorrow or there's a 40% chance of rain tomorrow. What does that mean? (laughs) I need to know, is it going to rain or is it not? I'm trying to plan an activity here. And I say that to just ask you, can you imagine going up to someone and saying to them, can I tell you how you can have eternal life? 
but I'm only 40% sure myself, I don't think you are going to be very convincing. John says here, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. God wants you to have absolute assurance of eternal life. He wants you to know that you know, to have no doubt, to have no fear. And I've shared some verses with you today that talk about eternal life, but I want to conclude by giving you just a few more. Uh, for those of you that are listening today who, who know that you're trusting in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation, you have the Son, you've entrusted your life to Him, but perhaps you still have doubts. You may struggle with the assurance of your salvation. I want you to listen to these promises of God that are found in the God-breathed, inerrant, and authoritative Word of God. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 8.1, Paul says, Therefore, there is now, presently, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 38 to 39, Paul says, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And John 5, 24, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into life. Whoever has placed their faith in Christ has eternal life right now and will not come into judgment, but has crossed over from death to life, and that is life eternal. And if you have crossed over from death to life, the good news is you are not going back. So eternal life is a gift from the Father, Eternal life is found in the Son. Eternal life is impossible apart from the Son. Eternal life is accessed through faith. And eternal life is a present reality. So as we conclude, I would love to ask you that question again now. What percent chance do you think you have of going to heaven? There are two choices, zero or 100%. You either have the Son and have life, or you don't have the Son and don't have life. I pray that you are trusting in Jesus Christ alone and have full assurance that you have everlasting life. Father, we thank you for this time in your word. Thank you for the assurances that we find in scripture that, Lord, if we have the Son, we have everlasting life. We can know that we have the forgiveness of our sins. We can know that we have crossed over from death to life and we won't be going back. Lord, I pray for anyone who struggles with the assurance of their salvation. May they be comforted by these words, these sacred inspired words of scripture to know that they can have assurance of eternal life. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Kirby Myers, Campus Director, WVU-FCA. And uh, I'd like to ask you how, when you present a message like this to the athletes, what's the reaction? Obviously, you have some Bible believers, blood-bought Bible believers in your group, but you also have people maybe that have not heard that before. Yeah, yeah. So what, what's, what's the reaction? Well, when I asked them that question at the beginning of my talk, like I did at the beginning today, 
you get a variety of answers, right? And um, I think many who don't have a church background, didn't grow up in a Christian home, they don't know that you really can have the assurance of eternal life. And so I think to take them through that passage and for them to see that themselves is very encouraging. And some great conversations come from that. Yeah, you break it down to the most simple form with that question. And, um, I mean, that's that's got to be incredible to be in that situation for someone who, who maybe doesn't know or doesn't know what the process is, and you get to work through that with them. That yeah, must be incredible. It is, for sure. All right, you can uh, learn more about the WVUFCA at the website, WVUFCA.org. And um, contribute there, learn more about the organization, hear past messages as well at the website. Thanks for listening on this Sunday morning to Sharing the Victory on WAJR.